Good morning, radio listeners. We have a great show for you today. We've got songs to get you going, scripture to fill your mind with, and some devotions to think upon. Here is I Am Free by the New Boys to start your day.
Hello, my name is... My name is Regret I'm pretty sure we have met Every single day of your life I'm the whisper inside That won't let you forget Hello, my name is Defeat I know you recognize me when you think you can win I'll drag you right back down again Till you've lost all belief Oh, these are the voices Oh, these are the lies And I have believed them For the very last time Hello, my name is time for our reading here in the New Testament. And today's scripture comes from the book of Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 through 32. Here's a brief commentary and overview of the passages of scripture that we'll be reading today. Why were the Pharisees and teachers of religious law bothered that Jesus associated with these people? 
these sinners? Well, the religious leaders were always careful to stay clean, so-called, according to Old Testament law. In fact, they went well beyond the law in their avoidance of certain people and situations and in their ritual washings. By contrast, Jesus took their concept of cleanness lightly. He risked defilement by touching those who had leprosy and by neglecting to wash in the Pharisees' prescribed manner. And he showed complete disregard for their sanctions against associating with certain classes of people. He came to offer salvation to sinners and to show that God loves them, loves us all. Jesus didn't worry about the accusations. Instead, he continued going to those who needed him, regardless of the effect these rejected people might have on his reputation. That may seem foolish for the shepherd to leave 99 sheep to go search for just one. That's a story we'll be reading here in Scripture today. But the shepherd knew that the 99 would be safe in the sheepfold, whereas the lost sheep was in danger, because each sheep was of high value. The shepherd knew it was worthwhile to search diligently for the lost one. God's love for the individual is so great that he seeks out each one and rejoices when he or she is found. Jesus associated with sinners because he wanted to bring the lost sheep, people considered beyond hope, the good news of God's kingdom. Before you were a believer, God sought you, and he's still seeking those who are yet lost. Now, we may be able to understand a God who would forgive sinners who come to Him for mercy, but a God who tenderly searches for sinners and then joyfully forgives them must possess an extraordinary love. Well, this is the kind of love that prompted Jesus to come to earth to search for lost people and save them. This is the kind of extraordinary love God has for you and me. It is an amazing love. And this is the portion of Scripture that tells the story of the prodigal son. The younger son's share of the estate would have been one-third, with the older son receiving two-thirds. In most cases, uh, he would have received this at his father's death. Although fathers sometimes chose to divide up their inheritance early and retire from managing their estates. Now, what's unusual here is that the younger one initiated the division of the estate. This showed arrogant disregard for his father's authority as head of the family. Now, in the story of the lost son, the father's response is contrasted with the older brothers. The father forgave because he was filled with love. The son refused to forgive because he was bitter. His resentment rendered him just as lost to the father's love as his younger brother had been. Hey, don't let anything keep you from forgiving others. If you're refusing to forgive people, you're missing a wonderful opportunity to experience joy and share it with others. So make your joy grow. Forgive somebody who has hurt you. All right, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. April 12th, the New Testament. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 32. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that He was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep, and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the ninety-nine others in the wilderness, and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? 
and when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over ninety-nine others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and is now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants what was going on. "'Your brother is back,' he was told. "'And your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return.' The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, "'All these years!' I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day. For your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found.
Our devotion for the day is about identity, and it reads as this, If God is your Father, the Son is your Savior, and the Spirit is your indwelling Helper, and you have hope no matter what you're facing. Who in the world do you think you are? I'm serious, who do you think you are? You and I are always assigning to ourselves some kind of identity, and the things that you and I do are shaped by the identity that we have given ourselves. So it's important to acknowledge that God has not just forgiven you, and that is a wonderful thing, by the way, but he has also given you a brand new identity. If you are God's child, you are now a son or daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You're in the family of the Savior, who is your friend and your brother. You are the temple where the Spirit of God now lives. Yes, it really is true. You've been given a radically new identity. The problem, sadly, is that many of us live in a constant, or at least a rather regular, state of identity amnesia. We forget who we are, and when we do, we begin to give away, give way to doubt, fear, and timidity. Identity amnesia makes you feel poor when, in fact, you are rich. It makes you feel foolish when, in fact, you are in the personal relationship with the one who is wisdom. It makes you feel unable when, you, when in fact, you have been blessed with strength. It makes you feel alone when, in fact, since the Spirit lives inside of you, it is impossible for you to be alone. You feel unloved when, in fact, as a child of the Heavenly Father, you have been graced with eternal love. You feel like you don't measure up when, in fact, the Savior measured up on your behalf. Identity amnesia sucks the life out of your Christianity in the right here, right now moment in which all of us live. If you've forgotten who you are in Christ, what are you left with? You're left with Christless Christianity, which is little more than a system of theology and rules. And you know that if all you needed was theology and rules, Jesus wouldn't have had to come. All God would have needed to do was drop the Bible down on you and walk away. But he didn't walk away. He invaded your life as Father, Savior, and Helper. By grace, he made you a part of his family. By grace, he made you the place where he lives. And he did all this so that you not only would receive his forgiveness, but so that you would have everything you need for life and godliness. So if you're his child, ward off the fear that knocks on your door by remembering who God is and who you've become as his chosen child. And don't just celebrate his grace. Let it reshape the way you live today and the tomorrows that follow. And we continue on with Who Am I by Casting Crowns. This morning on Transformation Radio. Who am I that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name? Would care to feel my hurt Who am I That the bright and morning star Would choose to light the way For my ever-wandering heart Not because of who I am But because of what you've done Not because of what I've done but because of who you are, I am a flower quickly fading, here today and gone tomorrow, a wave tossed in the ocean, vapor in the wind, still you hear me when I'm calling, 
Psalm 81, verses 1 through 16. Just before we start reading this psalm for today, let's uh, look a little closer at what it means and what it's uh, trying to teach us. Israel's holidays reminded the nation of God's great miracles. 
There were times of rejoicing and times to renew one's strength for life's daily struggles. At Christmas, do your thoughts revolve mostly around presents? Is Easter only a warm anticipation of spring and Thanksgiving only a good meal? Remember the spiritual origins of these special days and use them as opportunities to worship God for His goodness to you and your family and your nation. Well, David instituted music for the temple worship services. Music and worship go hand in hand. Worship involves the whole person, and music helps lift a person's thoughts and emotions to God. Through music, we can reflect upon our needs and shortcomings as well as celebrate God's greatness. And we'll read here that God let the Israelites go on blindly, stubbornly, and selfishly when they should have been obeying and following God's desires. Now, God sometimes lets us continue in our stubbornness to bring us to our senses. He does not keep us from rebelling because He wants us to learn the consequences of sin. He uses these experiences to turn people away from greater sin to faith in Him. Psalm 81, verses 1 through 16. For the choir director, a psalm of Asaph, to be accompanied by a stringed instrument. Sing praises to God, our strength. Sing to the God of Jacob. Sing, beat the tambourine, play the sweet lyre and the harp. Blow the ram's horn at new moon, and again at full moon to call a festival. For this is required by the decrees of Israel. It is a regulation of the God of Jacob. He made it a law for Israel when he attacked Egypt to set us free. I heard an unknown voice say, Now I will take the load from your shoulders. I will free your hands from their heavy tasks. You cried to me in trouble, and I saved you. I answered out of the thundercloud and tested your faith when there was no water at Meribah. Interlude Listen to me, O my people, while I give you stern warnings. O Israel, if you would only listen to me, you must never have a foreign god. You must not bow down before a false god, for it was I, the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it with good things. But no, my people wouldn't listen. Israel did not want me around. So I let them follow their own stubborn desires living according to their own ideas. Oh, that my people would listen to me! Oh, that Israel would follow me, walking in my paths! How quickly I would then subdue their enemies! How soon my hands would be upon their foes! Those who hate the Lord would cringe before Him. They would be doomed forever. But I would feed you with the finest wheat. I would satisfy you with wild honey from the rock." Proverbs chapter 13, verse 1. A wise child accepts a parent's discipline. A mocker refuses to listen to correction. And as we wrap this show up, we finish out with Sanctus Real and Forgiven. Thanks for joining us, and remember who you are in Christ. And uh, have a great day. playing with my head 
failure knocks me down again. I'm reminded of the wrong that I have said and done, and that devil just won't let me forget. In this life. Treasure in the arms of Christ. 